Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks on the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will you give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law of the prophets. So we are coming to the end of Jesus' most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus spends here in Matthew three chapters telling us what life is supposed to be like in God's kingdom. And at the end of today's passage, as Kate just read, Jesus sums up the simplicity of life in God's kingdom with, in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. This, Jesus says, sums up the law and the prophets. Everything you know could be summed up just with a simple statement. Cliff Notes version of the Sermon on the Mount, do to other people what you would like them to do to you. As Jesus describes it, right, life in God's kingdom is beautiful. God's kingdom is one where relationships are healthy, where we love freely and we receive love freely. In God's kingdom, right, marriages don't end. Everyone has what they need. We don't criticize each other. In God's kingdom, we forgive freely because we've been forgiven freely. We love instead of retaliate. We can trust each other because we all say what we mean. We're merciful because we have received mercy. We make peace with each other because we know we're siblings in Christ. We're God's children. We're humble because we know it's God's kingdom we're building, not our own. We know that God cares about us, so we don't worry. Our spiritual practices aren't done for the sake of appearances, but we do them because we long for God's presence. We pray with pure motives, believing that whatever God does is best. Life in God's kingdom is perfect peace, perfect joy, perfect love. What a beautiful picture of life. Who wouldn't want this? That's what Jesus is saying. In this whole sermon, Jesus has been painting a picture of life in God's kingdom to show us that when we live life God's way, it really is the best way of living. He's telling us the disciples of Jesus see the beauty of God's kingdom and seek it first above everything else because we know that God's kingdom is the absolute best place to be. And Jesus knows that life in God's kingdom isn't easy to come by on earth, on this side of the new heavens and the new earth. Jesus knows that as much as we want life in God's kingdom, we're living with the reality of sin, the reality of divided desires in our hearts. We live currently in a world where people don't have what they need, where we struggle not to judge each other, where relationships break, where forgiveness isn't always given. Jesus knows that we live in a world where our ability to see God clearly has been disrupted. So we often forget that he knows what's best for us, that he will provide for us. 
Jesus knows that we live in a world where we forget how much we've been forgiven, and so we can be stingy with our forgiveness toward others. As much as we long for God's kingdom, it has not yet been fully realized. So that's why he gave us today's verses. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Ask, and it will be given. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. Are you looking for God's kingdom? Do you want a world that looks more and more like the way God says it's supposed to? Then Jesus says, ask, seek, knock. Go running after God's kingdom, and you'll find it. These verses are not some sort of false prosperity gospel message. Whatever you want, just ask God, and he'll give it to you. If you just have enough faith, you'll just get whatever you want if you ask God. These verses are not saying that God will give us every single thing we want. Listen, God loves you too much to give you everything you think you want. These verses are telling us instead what the book of Jeremiah says plainly. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Jesus is saying, is this kingdom what you want? Then ask for it. Look for it. Knock on heaven's door until earth looks more like God's kingdom. These verses invite us to go boldly to our Father in heaven and seek him. These verses remind me of my father-in-law. Jeremy's dad uh, grew up, his family was Jewish, so he grew up in a Jewish home. Um, But by the time he was in college, he was an atheist. And during college, he met some Christians um, and became friends with them. And he started to wonder if God was really real. And so he decided to ask God to show him if he was real. And the craziest thing started to happen. God answered (laughs) Little prayers, like one day he was running late for class, and so he drove, but there wasn't a parking spot. And, you know, God, if you're there, can you find me a parking spot? And right in front of him, a car pulled out, opening up a spot. He was one time looking for a building on campus, and he couldn't find it, and he was lost, and he felt like God told him, turn around, and then he found it. (laughs) You know, God, if you're light, if you're real, make this light turn green. It turned green. Over and over, God answered all these simple prayers And after weeks of asking God to show himself, my father-in-law, who grew up Jewish, happened to meet a Jewish Christian when he went to church with his Christian friends. And that man pulled out a Bible and showed my father-in-law how Christians read Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53 is a passage he was familiar with growing up in temple. But this man showed him how Isaiah 53, as Christians we believe, points to Jesus. And that night, April 29th of 1973, is when my father-in-law gave his life to Christ. He was seeking genuinely, and God met him right where he was. This passage tells us that if we're looking for God, we will find him. This passage tells us that God wants to be found. God is not hiding from us. Right In the Garden of Eden, after Adam and Eve sinned, they went and hid, and what did God do? Come and looking for them. 
This is the same God we worship today. God is not hiding. God wants us to find him. God wants to be with us. So Jesus says, when you have questions, when you have doubts, when you can't see the kingdom of God and you wonder what's happening, keep going to God. And the verbs here in these verses for ask, seek, knock, they're Greek verbs, right? The New Testament was written to uh, first in the, the Greek language, and they're in the Greek present tense. Now, the present tense in Greek is used to describe ongoing action. So these verses literally say, keep on asking and it will be given to you. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who keeps on asking receives. The one who keeps on seeking finds. And the one, to the one who keeps on knocking, the door will be opened. The reading of these verses reminds us of the parable of the persistent widow in Luke 18 who kept pounding on the door of the judge until he administered justice. And Jesus is saying, feel free to be tenacious in your seeking God and his kingdom. Tenacious in asking God your questions. Tenacious in knocking on his door when earth doesn't look like heaven. Jesus is saying, I know, I know you long for God's kingdom and that when you look around, God's kingdom seems a long way off. So keep coming back to God and asking and seeking and knocking. Keep asking God to help you look more like him. Keep seeking a world in which God's kingdom is normal. Keep knocking on heaven's door when you don't understand. These words of Jesus are an invitation to a tenacious pursuit of God's kingdom an invitation to never give up, to keep coming back to God with our questions, keep coming back to God with our needs, keep coming back to God for forgiveness when we miss the mark, keep asking God for strength, keep asking God for grace, keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking, keep it going. And the reason Jesus says we can continually go back to God is found in verses 9 through 11. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him snake? If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Jesus says we can go to God over and over again because we're his children. Children are not afraid to ask their parents for things. Well, I love seeing pictures of the president's children in the Oval Office, like just playing while their dad's working. They're so blissfully unimpressed by the trappings of the presidency, so unencumbered by the decorum that everyone else follows in the Oval Office. They're just hanging out with dad. Here's a picture of John Jr. playing under the Resolute desk while JFK is hard at work. <laughs> and another of my favorites is this picture of Sasha Obama like sneaking up on Barack Obama as he's working at the desk, just completely comfortable walking right up to their parents, asking them for whatever they want, regardless of what's happening, even if what's happening is that their dad is hard at work at his job as the president of the United States. So Jesus wants to reassure us here. God is your father, and dads love to hear from their kids. That's what's behind this repeated encouragement to ask, seek, knock. And as I said earlier, right, these verses aren't saying that God's going to give us everything we ask for. 
they're saying that we can approach God with freedom because we're his kids. We can be bold and ask God all our questions, even the hard ones, because he loves us. Jesus wants us to know that we can approach God as freely as John Jr. crawling under the desk of the president. We can take on the approach of a child, feeling free to be honest, to keep seeking, to keep asking. God doesn't need us to tell him what we need, right? Jesus already said in Matthew 6 that our Father knows what we need. But prayer is not about just informing God of our needs. Prayer is intended to build a relationship of trust between us and our Father. That's why we pray. This week at home, Jeremy and I were talking to our kids about the story of Papa and how he came to Christ and how God answered Papa's prayers. And then our kids started to share times where they prayed for something and God answered Oh, I was trying to find something on a map during a quiz at school, and so I said, God, can maybe where my pencil lands be where that's supposed to be? And it was. Or I was really nervous at night going to bed. I felt worried and anxious, and so I prayed, and then I fell asleep, and then I woke up feeling great. Beautiful stories, right? And I, I, I got to tell them, like, that, that's exactly what God wants you to do, is to ask for these small things and then pay attention to how he answers He might not always answer the way we want, right? But God loves my kids so much that he's answering these small prayers so that they begin to learn that they can trust him and that he's there and that he's listening and responding to their needs. And Jesus goes on to say that not only can we approach God boldly because he's our father, but we can approach God boldly because what kind of father God is. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks him for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Jesus is appealing to just general ideas about parenthood here on earth. He says, we'll all agree that a good dad would not hand his son a stone or a snake to eat if he was hungry, right? A good dad will feed his child when he's hungry. This is Parenting 101. And Jesus says, listen, if even all of you, if all of you who struggle with sin, who aren't perfect, who who get exhausted and selfish and tired, if, if you all even do the basic good things for your kids, how much better can we expect God to take care of us. God who never gets tired. God who never gets annoyed at our repeated questions. God who never locks himself in the bathroom so we can just be alone for five minutes. And Jesus knows, of course, not all earthly parents are good parents. Some of us struggle with God because of the broken examples of parents we had growing up. Some of us have dads who had to be forced to pay child support. Dads who didn't care if they saw us. Some of us who had moms who abandoned us. Some of us had parents who didn't have money, so we learned we should never ask for anything because our parents couldn't afford it. Some of us always felt like we were bothering our parents when we asked for something. But here Jesus is saying, listen... (laughs) Whether you had the best parents on planet Earth or the worst parents on planet Earth, they are all 
in a different class than having God as your parent. God is such a good dad that he makes even the best earthly dads look evil by comparison. That's what he's saying in verse 11. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give, your, uh, give good gifts to your children. He's not saying that literally all of them are just evil, terrible parents. He's pointing out that God's goodness is in a league of its own. God's goodness is unmatched. God's capacity to love is unrivaled. God's ability to provide for us is unequaled. No one is even close to being as good a dad as God. Do you know that the most quoted verse or phrase in the Bible by other authors of scriptures is a description of God and his character? So Exodus, uh, parts of Exodus 34, 6, and 7 are the most quoted phrases in the Bible. So other authors of scripture quote this verse over and over and over. It's the most quoted verse inside the Bible. The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Over and over, the authors of Scripture go back to this description of God to remind God's people of God's character. Not only is God our Father, but this, this is the kind of Father He is. The Bible says that God is compassionate. He's compassionate. He knows what's going on in us, and He cares. He hurts when we hurt. He smiles when we celebrate. He knows how hard it is to be a human. He gets how hard our struggle with sin is. He's compassionate. And God is gracious, it says. God's gracious. He gives grace. He extends mercy. He believes the best. He always welcomes us in. And God's slow to anger. He's not like us. He doesn't snap at us because he had a hard day at work or he's tired or hungry. He's patient with us, giving us many opportunities to change course when he corrects us. He abounds in love and faithfulness. The word abound is a picture of a fountain flowing up and over, love and faithfulness running over the sides because there is so much of it. It's everywhere. God cannot help but pour out love and faithfulness all around anyone who gets close to him. This is who our God is. And our God maintains his love, the verse says. God doesn't love us one minute and then the next minute get tired of us. He doesn't say he'll stay and then leave when things get hard. He maintains his love. He keeps it up. He's steady. He's dependable. And God forgives. God forgives wickedness, rebellion, and sin, the verse says. He doesn't keep track of all our wrongs. God's not up in heaven somewhere with like a list on his iPad of all the ways we've messed up. When we ask for forgiveness, the Bible says he throws our sins as far as the east is from the west. He's not going to bring up old issues when we mess up. Oh, there goes Katie being selfish again, just like she was last week. No, God's mercies are new every day, fresh mercies every morning for every way we're going to mess up today. This is who our Father is. 
And Jesus says that God loves to give good things to everyone who asks. This is what James says. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. God only gives good things. Good things. Sometimes we don't know what we need. Sometimes we don't know what to ask for. Sometimes we, we think we want or we don't think we want what God gives us. But Jesus promises that God is like an excited parent on Christmas morning. He can't wait to see us open up all the good things he has for us. He loves to give us good things. And that's what Jesus is getting at here in these verses. This is Jesus' big idea for this, this little part of the Sermon on the Mount. His big idea is that we can go to God with our continued asking and seeking and knocking because God is a good father who loves to give us good things. We can keep going to God with our asking and seeking and knocking because God is a good father who loves to give us good things. At Trunk or Treat this past October, April Gibbs, uh, our interim care ministry director, dressed up as Santa. She hosted a trunk that was all about Christmas at our Halloween outreach event. (laughs) When I first saw her, I just thought, that's hilarious. I like that. (laughs) But then the week after Trunk or Treat, April was uh, sharing with me and a few others at our Wednesday morning journey group about her experience of being Santa. She said kids were so excited to see her. Santa's here! Santa's here! She said that there was one little boy whose parents were literally trying to like drag him back to the car, but he was like, Santa, Santa, hi, Santa. So excited to see Santa. And then April told us what she said when kids came by her car to see Santa. She would open her arms wide and say, I'm so glad you're here. I've been waiting for you. I'm so glad you're here. I've been waiting for you. Listen, our goal when we have these fun outreach events like Trunk or Treat or the Brunch with Bunnies is that people would feel our welcome of them and be open to hearing about God's welcome of them. And I don't know a better picture of God's welcome to us than I'm so glad you're here. I've been waiting for you. And this is what God says to us when we come to him. Asking, seeking, knocking. I'm so glad you're here. I'm waiting for you. Every single time. I'm so glad you're here. I've been waiting for you. Whether we talk to him every day or it's been a while. I'm so glad you're here. I've been waiting for you. When we're asking him to help us know if he's really there. I'm so glad you're here. I've been waiting for you when we're crying out to, how, to him in disappointment about how little this world looks like the kingdom of heaven, I'm so glad you're here. I've been waiting for you. When we're wrestling with what he has allowed and we're frustrated coming to him, we're angry coming to him, I'm so glad you're here. I've been waiting for you. When we're doubting and our questions far outweigh our answers, I'm so glad you're here. I've been waiting for you. 
when we're afraid and coming to him in fear. I'm so glad you're here. I've been waiting for you. When we're in need and we're begging God for his help, I'm so glad you're here. I've been waiting for you. When we've messed up again with that same struggle and we're coming afraid he's not going to forgive us again, I'm so glad you're here. I've been waiting for you. I'm so glad you're here. I've been waiting for you. Jesus wants us to know who God is so that we feel free to go to God with all of our questions, all of our needs, all of our doubts, all of our frustrations. There's a great Elizabeth Elliot quote that uh, Paul shared with me this week. Elizabeth Elliot says, faith does not eliminate questions. Faith does not eliminate questions, but faith knows where to take them. Faith knows where to take them. When we have questions, we can confidently keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking because of who our God is, our perfect Father who loves to give us good things. God will not turn away anyone who is looking for him. We can be assured that every single time we go to God, we will get the same gracious welcome. I'm so glad you're here. I've been waiting for you. So what are you looking for this morning? Do you have questions for God? Ask him. Are you on the search for a world that looks more like God's kingdom? Talk to God about it. Are you overwhelmed with a need and you're afraid that God's not listening? Pound on his door. He'll open it. Listen, I don't need to know anything about you to know with absolute certainty that who you are is a beloved child of God. You are a beloved child of God, and as such, God wants you to come freely to him with whatever is on your heart this morning. In these next few moments, we're going to have some time to do that. We'll have a few moments where you can sit and you can maybe just listen to see if God is saying something to you, or if there's something on your heart, you can tell God about it. I know sometimes it's easier to talk to God if you've got a little company. So that's why I'll just be over here. If you want prayer this morning while we're taking communion, having our quiet time, I'm here. I would love to pray with you. When you're ready, whether that's right away or if you want to sit for a few moments, you can come up and take communion. Communion, the bread and the juice represent Jesus' body and blood that were broken and shed to forgive our sins and usher in the kingdom of God. They remind us how very loved by God we are. So come receive these gifts from your Father and hear him say, I'm so glad you're here. I've been waiting for you. Let's pray. God, thank you that you love us so much. You are unlike anybody else on the face of this earth. You are constantly full of love and grace and mercy for us, and there is no one else like that. So God, this morning, will you speak to each of us, just as you've been doing, what we need to hear. If there's a word of encouragement or love you want to whisper to us this morning, help us hear it. Help us be tenacious in our seeking of you and your kingdom. Help us never be afraid to come and talk to you 
because you are such a good dad. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.